You're listening to Haunting History Podcast, the podcast that reaches back into the past to the stories that still haunt us today. Tales of true crime, mysteries, and sometimes even the macabre. Join us as we travel back in time to the people and the lives behind the headlines. Listen as we research the stories that are still haunting those left behind, shining a new light on dark and cold cases. As the saying goes, someone out there knows something. Are you that someone? Welcome back to Hunting History Podcast. I'm your host, Kat. And I'm Haley. Our cold case series continues with Carrie Patterson. Today, we are honored to get to share with you an interview we did with investigator Bob Taft with the Orange County Sheriff's Homicide Bureau. During it, you will hear me mention Campbell, and I wanted to explain who he is and why he comes up by name. It's pretty convoluted, but back in May of 1983, David Richard Campbell was on trial for the murder of several men. During his own murder trial under oath, he said that he believed his friend and associate, a man named William Kim Reber, had killed Carrie. During interviews with police, who were alerted to his statement and followed up by interviewing him themselves, he said that Reber never actually confessed to killing Carrie, but he believed that he did based on the articles he had read about Carrie's disappearance and her remains being found. He ultimately confessed that he knew nothing of Carrie's case personally. He only knew the information that was published in the newspapers. The investigators even went so far as taking Campbell to the site where Carrie's remains were found to see if he showed any recognition or gave any additional information. He did not. Again, in December of 2012, two additional investigators interviewed Campbell in prison again to determine if there was any possible involvement in Carrie's murder. Campbell again denied any involvement and said that he had suspected Raber or another man that he was convicted of killing by the name of Fisher, and he said he believed that they or one of their friends were responsible for not only the killing of Carrie, but a girl named Cheryl Gutierrez and another girl named Wendy Clearer. Campbell described himself as a citizen investigator. He believed that he was working as a vigilante to find out who was killing these girls. It was determined that Campbell had no actual knowledge and was doing what he could to gain more attention by bringing up other cases. He was ultimately convicted of killing both men and is now serving a life sentence at the R.J. Donovan Correctional Facility without the possibility of parole. There is no evidence that he had anything to do or has any personal information in regards to Carrie, Cheryl, or Wendy's murder. Next is our conversation with Investigator Bob Taft of the Orange County Sheriff's Department. So when did you first get the case file on Carrie Patterson? Uh, I first began looking into this case in mid-2019. So that was only a year. Uh, it's been a little over a year, about 18 months. And how did take. you get it? I was contacted by Michelle to say, could you look into my sister's case? I wanted an update on what the status was of her investigation. So at the time, though, you were the cold case division for the Orange County at the time? Well, I was the investigator primarily assigned to handle cold cases because I was assigned to a cold case task force. And how are cold cases typically handled? Like, is it like yearly? Is it bi-yearly? Like, how do you? Uh, I can only speak for my experience, but we have a chronological listing of all the cases. And so, and, and a brief narrative summary. So normally what I would do is I would pull the summary and I would start reading cases and I would just say, okay, based on the details of this case, uh, there may be some new investigative leads that we could pursue. And then I would go pull the case file. So you hadn't seen Carrie's file until you talked to Michelle? I had not seen Carrie's case file. No, I did not. So how many detectives had it? In the, I mean, it's been 40 years. So how many detectives just from your department 
I don't know specifically. There may have been others that weren't documented in the case file, but I know there was an inquiry in 1994 when Campbell first said that he knew or he had information on Carrie's murder. And then there was a follow-up in 2011, 2012, and then again in 2014, and then mine in 2019. Okay. So before we get to that, what made you choose this case for us? I mean, it ended up being kismet because I knew Michelle, but what, what made you choose this one? Because number one, I guess I'm, uh, I can relate to the victim and the family in this case. Uh, because I have daughters of my own, and I, I couldn't imagine having to live with knowing that something happened to my daughter, and I didn't have that final answer. I didn't have closure. So I, I guess maybe there's a personal aspect to it. Uh, I felt a connection in that sense. Uh, the other thing after reading the case file is at this point in time, we really don't have any investigative leads. It's a true unknown. So any information that we get from anything that we put out to the public is going to be good information. It could provide some sort of investigative lead. So there's still a chance that there's someone out there that knows something. Absolutely. I don't doubt that there's somebody out there that knows something. The The biggest thing I think when I'm talking to Michelle and Crystal is they have so many questions going back to when originally Bullerton had the case. How much of the information can you give us that Fullerton had? Well, I know the primary investigation that Fullerton focused on was that there was there was information conveyed to Fullerton Police Department that Carrie was likely a runaway. And why is that? Um, or what is that based on, I guess, is my question. There were uh, several individuals that came forward that said either they had seen Carrie after her uh, reported disappearance date. Uh, there were other individuals that said they had spoken with her in Cerritos, interacted with her, gave her cash uh, when she was asking for money. And during those conversations that these individuals said that they had with Carrie, she relayed to them that she had run away from home. Crystal's very adamant about the fact that she knows her daughter didn't run away. She had money on her dresser. She had clothes packed for a trip the next day. I guess I'm questioning what, other than those did the police just not believe Crystal, I guess? I guess that's my frustration. I can't speak for that officer at the time. I know that they did conduct an investigation. When was that, though? That was my question, too. She went missing on the 26th of June. Yes. When Crystal originally called the Fullerton PD to file the report, they told her that she had to wait 24 hours to file a report. That that doesn't exist anymore, right? No, not at all. So at least... For, with our agency, for sure. I can't speak for other agencies and what their policies are. It's immediate when a child yes. goes missing. Okay. And then um, she said that it wasn't until the next day that she could file a report. And then I'm curious how soon it was after she filed the report that they originally like started talking to people. When did they talk to the boys that were last with Carrie? I'm curious because there's references and Crystal kept a whole memory book of every single thing that happened, but she doesn't have like dates and times because it was ha as it was happening. Correct. Do you know what I'm saying? So I'm just curious, did it take them a week to go talk to those boys that I were last with her or was it within 24 uh, hours? It looks like it was that same day. It was the same day Yes, that they went and spoke to the three boys. Uh, that the initial investigators went and talked to the, well, talked to Crystal and the family and also interviewed the three boys. I know that from talking to you that the boys were never suspects. I wouldn't say they were never suspects. But uh, they were definitely persons of interest because they were obviously the last ones to see her alive. I don't know as far as Fulton's investigation, whether they 
consider them true suspects or not. I know in my investigation at this particular moment in time, I do not consider them suspects. And the the Fullerton police never wrote them down as suspects. They just persons of interest at Correct. the time. And they deemed that they were probably not responsible for her disappearance at that time. There were no indications that they were involved in her disappearance at that time. I guess the frustration that I hear in Crystal's voice talking to her is that she never got to talk to them herself. Like, she never got to look them in the eye and say, what do you know? Not necessarily accusing them of anything, but you were friends with her. Like, and you were last with her. What do you know? Is there a reason why the Fullerton police, she said the police told her she wasn't allowed to speak to them. Or they, not allowed. That's wrong. That's wrong one. They encouraged her not to interfere, not to go. Correct. Exact. Exactly that. Because we're dealing with an investigation. And because there were some indications that she may not have been strictly a runaway, that in order to preserve the integrity of the investigation, obviously you don't want family members doing interviews on your behalf or at behest of the police, because um, it could be that, especially if, if these boys were involved, I'm not saying they were, on, they were or any of these individuals that they talked to, if there was a certain amount of involvement and the family talked to those individuals and got information from those individuals that was pertinent to the investigation, then essentially people of the public know key details of your investigation. And that's, that's never a good thing. So they weren't protecting the boys when they stopped Crystal. They were protecting the integrity of the case. Absolutely. I, I wouldn't see why they would protect the boys specifically from Crystal, but to maintain the integrity of the ongoing investigation. Do you feel like the Fullerton Police Department investigated this, or do you feel that they took it as a runaway situation as opposed to a kidnapping or a missing child? I would say they investigated it either way. I would say they were probably more leaning towards Carrie being a runaway than an abduction. And, and again, I'm basing that on my 2020 perception of investigations, not 1980 perception of investigations. Well, in one of the articles I read, there was a detective, Nev or Neva? Nava. Nava. Um, it was a woman. I didn't realize that was a woman until recently. She, she said, she was quoted in articles saying that she doesn't have any regrets with the way that she investigated it. She believes that they did the best, they did what they needed to do. But as far as the family is concerned, at one point, Michelle had said that her mom thought it was being investigated and then found out later that it nobody was really doing anything. Was there any point in the investigation that they weren't doing anything? I wouldn't say there was a point that they weren't doing anything. And again, I'm, I'm speaking from my experience, and, and I've taken a number of runaway juvenile reports as well, is that there are not necessarily clear indications, but you get an instinct about Yes, this individual's a runaway, especially if they have a history of runaway. Uh, and a lot of times they'll go, they'll disappear from like the homes that they're they're assigned to and, and they'll run away and then they'll be gone a couple hours or up to a day or two and then they come back. And there's a history of those. So when you take an additional report after you've already taken 8, 10, 12 of those, it, it, it's relatively easy to say, okay, this is just a, another runaway report and they're going to come back. Again, I don't know what, Detective Nava's experience was at that time. Um, but you do know people close to the case were indicating, aside from Crystal, Crystal has always, from the very beginning, always said her daughter did not run away. Yes. But there were other people that were involved with Carrie that 
indicated that she could have ran away. It, it was a possibility, yes. And, and, and I can speculate in my own experience, nobody knows their kids better than the parents right? For, for the most part. So if Crystal was adamant saying that she's not a runaway, she has a foundation to form that opinion. Just like I know my kids, if something happened and they didn't come home, there's no way that they would be runaways. Right. So I would have the same opinion. But from an outsider looking in that doesn't have that foundational base and other individuals are giving them information and says, yeah, you know, she may be a runaway. I can totally relate to that particular investigator saying, hey, there's a possibility that this individual is a runaway and not an abduction. So how many people did Fullerton speak to within the first few days of her going missing? Uh, I would say probably up, upwards of a dozen people. Her in who were these people? That, I mean, aside from the three boys that she was with, uh, they were um, obviously the family. There were other people that she went to school with, friends from the neighborhood. Uh, I think she had a boyfriend at the time. People that are associated with the boyfriend as well. So a they, boyfriend other than the one of the boys that she was with that day, because correct, she had a she had a a boyfriend, a true traditional boyfriend at the time. Oh, aside from it, because everyone always thought that. Danny was her boyfriend, one of the boys that she rode on the bikes with that day. No. There was another boyfriend. There was another boyfriend. And so he was spoken to also? Yes. Michelle can't remember if she was spoken to when she disappeared. Do you know if she was? Uh, I want to say that she was interviewed briefly uh, by Fullerton, but obviously being, what, 12 years old at the time, she didn't have a lot of information. Other than her sister left that day. Correct. Did they initially know about the delivery, the furniture delivery? Yes. Do you know if they ever reached out to the company who... Uh, I didn't see anything in, in the investigative reports that documented that. Uh, I don't know if that actually occurred and was just undocumented. Uh, but there's nothing written in the in the case file that says that they were ever contacted. Do you know if they ever spoke to any of like the construction workers that were around? I I don't believe so. There's nothing in there about that. So they predominantly stuck to friends and neighbors and family members. Yes. And the last three people that saw her um, that day. Correct. Um, When did the Orange County Sheriff take take on this case? Like originally it was only Fullerton, correct? Correct. It was originally only Fullerton. And we weren't brought in until the remains were recovered in Tonder Canyon. Because that's unincorporated area of the county. And that's how the Orange County Sheriff got it? Yes. And before I go there, and I don't know why I didn't ask this before I even asked that, were there any suspects in Carrie's case? I know that there were people that they talked to, but did the Fullerton police have any suspects or persons of interest that stuck around for that six months from the time she disappeared until the time her, that they went back to, I guess, like someone that stood out? Uh, No, not at that time. So the boyfriend was cleared, the boys were cleared, friends. I mean, they had even said at one point that they had switched Carrie's school because girls were jealous. Like one girl had ripped a necklace off her. Were all those girls spoken to? Like, uh, I don't believe so. No? So yeah. there was no suspects. When her body was found, when her remains, her partial remains, that's the worst part. It's not even all of her. It was only parts. Correct. Was there anybody they went back to immediately? No. They were starting over. Yes. Like it started. It started from scratch. It went from a missing person, likely runaway, to a homicide. Yes. Because and, Carrie wasn't identified until, I think, mid-January. 
So they were recovered December 27th in mid-January is when she was finally identified. I hate that Crystal called the police department and said, is there any chance this could be my daughter? And they're like, well, I don't know. Ask the coroner. Like, is that normal? Uh, I would say, and again, based on my experience, I would say, no, that's not normal. But obviously it's what led to her investigation. So it was, it was pivotal. Right. She took it upon herself to call and inquire. Yeah. Wait, you, can we go back and talk about the fact that people said that they saw her and gave her money? Sure. Who were these people? Were they people that knew Carrie very well? Uh, there were some that they, they did a, a press conference uh, after Carrie disappeared. And when, when was that? I want to say probably in July timeframe. So um, almost a month after she disappeared. Well, she went June 27th. 26th. Oh, 26th. Okay. So at some point, I would assume early in July, there was a number of newspaper articles. And I think it was even Crystal that initiated the the press, press conference. conference. And then they started to receive uh, calls on their tip line that reported people interacting with Carrie after she went. Oh, so these were not people the police originally spoke to. These are people that called a tip line? Correct. How credible were these people? I don't know. I picture, a f- I mean, I'm, I don't know, but I would think that, and if it's, and if you don't have a set, maybe you guys should insti- institute this, is that when they're taking notes on interviewing someone or interviewing someone and like to have a scale of one to 10, like how credible is this person? I mean, no, it's an opinion, but if I told you someone was really credible, you'd be more likely to believe that what they said. You know what I mean? Like, I yes. guess it's frustrating. In hindsight, it's very frustrating to know that people said, I gave Carrie money. I spoke to her. She told me she ran away. But the person... There's no way to make sure that that actually happened. Yeah, like how credible was that person? Correct. And and I can speak from an investigative standpoint. And again, on, on my experience, that regardless of who provided the information, you don't know the credibility of that information until you do some investigation on it. So did they... Did they do that? Did they do, did they follow through, I guess? They did with some, and I'm assuming not with others, because some were documented in the reports and others were not. So there are actually other people saying that they'd seen Carrie. Uh, I want to say they probably received maybe 10 or 12 of these calls that said that they had either seen her or they came across people that looked like her or... Uh, I think there was two or three that definitively said that, yes, I talked to Carrie and I knew Carrie, so I knew it was her. We talked, we interacted. I gave her money. She said she had run away from home. Do you have the dates for those? Uh, I can look. Because I'm curious, like, how long after she disappeared? I think after I want to say all the way up and through August was one of the latest ones. And that all fits in. If she survived past that day that she disappeared... It still fits into the timeline of the coroner of her remains, right? The re- the coroner had said that it was between the remains are six months to a year and a half old. Correct. But he could be off by how much? A couple months? Uh, I, I, I don't have any expertise in how to determine the age of remains. But it doesn't so, have to be six months. We can't. We Just because the coroner said six months to a year and a half, we're not saying correct. Oh, she not died saying, that day. Absolutely. It looks like many of these were dated uh, in early July. So they had seen her after after June, even. In yes. July. Did they have, did Fullerton, before we get to what the Orange County Sheriff's Department did, did Fullerton have any theories after that of where she could have gone if she was a runaway? 
Like, was she... Did any of the people call in with tips? Like, I saw Carrie, she was with so-and-so. Uh, not individuals. All the reports came in saying that Carrie was alone. They saw her in the area of Cerritos, which is where she had lived prior to moving to Fullerton. So, she's putting on my investigative hat. Uh, they probably thought that she went back to her old neighborhood in Cerritos. And she probably couldn't have done that if what the boys... Now, correct me. I don't know if you can correct me if you're wrong. The boys in all the interviews that I've read said that they dropped her off at Park and... Pioneer. Pioneer. And she wanted to go home and clean her shoes. And she might go to the horse stables later. Correct. Their story never changed. So if she ran away, it wasn't... She didn't have that intention when she was walking away from those three boys. Don't know. Don't know what she was thinking at that point. Did her friends drive? Did any of her friends... Did her boyfriend drive? That, that was I, the other question that I too. Don't know. Um, so but she he probably would have been around the same age as she was. So. so probably not a driver. I guess I'm confused at how she went from um, Parks and Pioneer and ended up in July in July in Cerritos or Cerritos, right? Correct. In Cerritos, how did how did that happen? Is there any theories on how that could have happened? If the police thought she was a runaway, they had to have some kind of theory. Of how she went from Parks and Pioneer and those three boys to Cerritos in July. Like how... Yes, uh, absolutely. Is there any theories that you've seen? Uh, There isn't anything documented in the reports. I mean, obviously we can speculate as to... She may have called somebody from the neighborhood and said, come pick me up. uh, And brought her there. Again, the other thing, the other unanswered question would be is, well, where would she stay? Is she staying with friends? You think if she was staying with friends that the mom... Would, would have come forward and said, oh, yeah, Carrie's here staying with me. Right, don't panic. None of that ever happened. Nobody ever reached out to Crystal and said, oh, yeah, Carrie's here with, my, you know, my daughter or anything like that. So, one of the boys, one of the interviews I read said the boys had told the police that when she got to the ice cream parlor, she told them someone had followed her. Is that in the file at all? Uh, I do remember reading that. Uh, I don't specifically recall if that was in the Fullerton reports or not, but I do remember reading that information. No, it could have been in the article I read. It it may have even come from one of the boys' interviews. That said that she was being followed. That came well after the initial incident. It it may have come out during their interviews in 2011, 2014. 1994. Correct. Well, the, the boys weren't interviewed in 1994. How often have the boys been interviewed? Uh, I want to say the initial investigation, uh, they were contacted in 2011, 2014, and I spoke with them both here in 2019, 2020. So I guess I keep dwelling on the last three boys that saw her because I think for the mom, for Crystal, that she never had the chance to look them in the eye. And I, and for whatever reason that sticks with me, because that's the last people that saw her. Well, now we don't really know, but that was the last people she believed who saw her daughter alive. Is that normal for people to kind of hang on to that? I mean, in your experience? Uh, I would say yes. And, and it's a it's a perfectly natural reaction. Uh, it, it, it's, it's very common, obviously, for the last people to see someone alive, that they're going to be a focus of the investigation early on. And the focus of the family. Like, even just to have contact with that person... You're the last person to see my daughter. Like, I need you to look, to tell me, you know what I mean? Even if it's the same thing over and over again, I think, I, I guess for me, I can see how it is. I'm just curious if that's a normal reaction for, in, in your experience with the other cases, is the last person kind of sticks 
Well, that would be an obviously starting point of the investigation. Right. I, I would think if not the starting point, then probably within the first aspects early on of the investigation that they would be a focal point, shall we say. Okay. The other thing too is if I were to conduct that same investigation now and I was the investigating or, or, or the lead agent on the case, I probably wouldn't have Crystal talk to the boys either. No. No. Because there's a lot of energy and emotion with a mom. Correct. Tell me again, when did the Orange County Sheriff's Department get the case? I'm sorry, I asked you. Uh, her remains were recovered December 27th of 1980. So they did get it as far back as that? Yes. Okay, so what was the first thing that the Orange County Sheriff's Department did? Did they go back and reinvestigate, re-interview all these same people again? Uh, they did contact uh, many of the same individuals. Uh, however, we were a little bit delayed because she wasn't identified until January. Right. So we didn't. We didn't know that this was related to Carrie's disappearance out of Fullerton until a month after her remains were discovered. So seven months later, you guys are investigating something that could have happened seven months prior. Correct. So is there anyone that stood out to the Orange County Sheriff's Department? Did you guys go back and talk to the boyfriend again and the three boys and the friends and the people who said that they saw her and gave her money? Yes. All those people. We interviewed all those individuals and there was no, none of those individuals stood out as a viable suspect at that time. In 1994, and this is how many years? I can't, I can never do math. I was born 1994, so try a little harder. How old am I? Well, I'm 26 years. So 1994 was when, um, we keep bringing up Michelle in, in the conversation I had with her brought up Campbell, which, what was his full name again? David Campbell, David I think. Campbell, who, he wasn't technically a serial killer, correct? I mean, he killed two people, or do they think that he killed a lot more than that? Uh, well, he's been convicted of two, uh, I know, and he's suspected in a third. Is that quantify a serial killer? Uh, I think it's three or more. I think it's three or more. Let's look at her, because she probably knows. <laughs> I actually don't know. You really don't. I would assume if you kill more than one person, then you should be deemed a serial killer. You so I don't title. know. Yeah. Um, he, but it, okay. The thing is with Campbell, Carrie does not fit his MO. Of, he killed men, correct? Correct. Okay. But he claimed in 1994 during his trial that he killed Raber, which his name was William Raber. William Raber. Um, because he believed William Raber killed Carrie. Uh, well, his initial testimony was that Raber had told him that he had killed Carrie Patterson. And so uh, he thought that there was some similarity between the way Carrie's remains were found and the way that Raber said that he was going to kill Campbell. So apparently Campbell made the leap of, oh, this is how Carrie's remains were found. This is how he said he was going to kill me, so he must have killed her, so I'm going to kill him before he kills me. Okay, That so, was his thought process. Wow. But And then, see, I didn't realize that. So he killed Raber because Raber was a threat to him. But, he, I mean, he's not a reliable, he murdered, he was convicted of two murders, and Correct. both of which he accused both of them of killing Carrie. But did did William Raber kill anyone? Not that we know of, no. No? There's no indications that, that he had killed anyone. And the other, I mean, there are a lot of um, girls who went missing in the in the 1980s. I mean, honestly, I've I've personally done four stories on people who have been missing in literally 1980, and there were Wendy Clear and Cheryl Gutierrez. Gutierrez. Yes. They didn't come up during his trial, during his subsequent interviews with investigators. 
he said that he was involved with the investigation that apprehended the individuals responsible for those. Is there any similarities between Wendy Sherrill and Carrie? Uh, well, the... Uh, I couldn't find a lot I don't know, Wendy. because we, we don't know what the circumstances were behind Carrie's abduction. Was we, it? We it, have no idea. But Wendy was found in... In Orange. In Orange. Correct. Um, her remains were near um, Santiago Canyon Road, right? No, no, no. She was found off a bond. Bond, I that's right, over by Orange. Santiago Middle School or something. There's a middle school over there. But her, her, re- she wasn't found months and months and months later. No, she was found. Her body was found within a day or two. Within a day. And then Cheryl, I don't know that I have. I couldn't find any information on her. So the Orange County Sheriff's Department never connected those three together. The only connection. With those three was because of Campbell. Correct. And Campbell was not, is not a reliable. Now you listened to the audio of the interviews because the Orange County Sheriff's Department actually sent someone or two detectives to prison to interview Campbell to determine if there's any reliability or any authenticity to his claim about Carrie Patterson. Campbell has been extensively interviewed. He was interviewed by Fullerton detectives as well. And he's actually taken out of custody and taken to the location where they thought that he had disposed of one of his victim's remains. Uh, And he was also taken to the location where Carrie's remains were found to see if he had any reaction as to if he was familiar with that area or or stir up any emotions in him, and it it did not. So there's there's probably no connection to what Campbell brought up about Carrie or... Anything else. It's, to, not, it's not to, reliable or credible. To me, it seems very far removed. The, the thing about Campbell was uh, he had a very good memory, and he would spend a lot of time reading the newspapers, and he knew the details of these abductions inside and out. So when he was questioned years later as to you know possible involvement, he was very detailed. But if you go back and research, a lot of that information was available in the press and was put out in news related articles and he just simply retained that information and he re- called himself a, a citizen investigator he did call himself a citizen so he claims that he was trying to rid the world of these other people but the other the two people that he was convicted of killing there's no evidence that they ever killed anyone no what is this case going to come down to it's going to come down to someone someone giving definitive information that leads to a leads to a suspect or at some point it may actually have to come to a confession i guess i i have sort of a bleak outlook if carrie disappeared that afternoon and followed the statistics of of majority of the time people are killed within the first three hours of being abducted um the chances are people didn't see anything but if the fullerton police were correct in their not necessarily assumptions, but in the information they were receiving that she was a runaway and she was still alive in July and getting money from people in Cerritos. Someone knows something, someone other than, I mean, I guarantee everybody didn't see that press conference and everybody didn't come forward. So you're saying there were three probably credible witnesses who saw her relatively credible, right? I I would said they gave her money. If if that story is credible, yes, then obviously they interacted with her after the date of her disappearance. Uh, again, I, I don't know the cre- credibility of that information. Um, 
thing of it is, is, is my immediate questions was if she's a runaway, okay, who's helping her? Someone somebody, had to help her. Somebody had to help her. She had to have a place to stay. Somebody had to feed her. She had to get from she had to Fullerton get to Cerritos. Correct. Like just the initial beginning of her running away. What are the odds of that? What are the odds of that? I mean, to be honest, are we like at 50-50? I, I won't put a, a number on anything because I think if you put a number on it, you're kind of biasing your outlook on something. So I, I just, I, I simply don't know and I'm open to, to any possible information. I personally don't believe that she was a runaway. You don't? You I don't she know. She was abducted that day? Yeah, I don't. How would she have gotten a plan together for someone to come pick her up? She didn't have a cell phone. She couldn't be like, oh, I'm done at the ice cream shop. Come pick me up on this corner. No, but I was thinking, I was seeing this scenario that um, she, those bi- boys dropped her off. Like they were going home and someone was coming over to her house from Cerritos that did drive. If she was hanging out with the wrong crowd. I mean, is there any indication that she was hanging out with like a rougher crowd or an older crowd? Not that I've seen in the reports, no. So she may not have had any friends that were driving. Correct. I'm just, I guess. But even then, is that's what I'm saying. She didn't have a cell phone to be like, I'm done doing what I was doing earlier. Come pick me up and I'm going to start my runaway excursion. Like, No, she, but she could have been walking home and she could have had a friend drive up and go, hey, I was just coming to see you. Come with me. And then it got too late for her to go home. She would get in trouble. So she just stayed out and then she was staying somewhere where she wasn't safe. I guess I almost not for not for um, any reason other than I feel like there's more of a chance that someone saw something. If that if that scenario is accurate, that say she was walking home, got to in front of her house and an old friend pulled up in front of the driveway and said, hey, come with me. And then she got in the car and goes, okay, I'll go with you, but I need to be home before my mom gets home. And then it got five o'clock and it got six o'clock and it was like, crap, I can't, I'm going to be grounded. I'm not going to be able to go anywhere tomorrow. So I'm not going home. What's the point? And then she stayed out. There's more of a chance that there's someone out there that knows something. I guess that's my hope. Well, I don't doubt that there's somebody out there that knows something regardless of what the initial situation was. If she was a, if she was a runaway, uh, somebody knows that she was a runaway. Because the the things we talked about, she somebody had to assist Help her, her. Or aid her, or do right. something. The other side of the coin is if it's an abduction, they always say that you can't keep a secret forever. Whoever may have been involved in this potential abduction, my belief it's not their first occurrence, like or they their just last. Wake up the one morning and say, "Oh, you know, I'm going to abduct somebody off the street," and for them to do it without raising suspicions. There's a certain aspect of experience that went with that. that. And over the years, it's very possible that whoever was responsible for this said something to someone about it. Talked about it. Yes. And they may not have given a name or a location or a time frame. They may have simply said, I had taken a girl and, you know, brought her up to Tonner Canyon and and, left her there and left her there or assaulted her and whatever the situation may be. And then at the time, whoever they told that to didn't put the pieces of the puzzle together. But maybe if we lay out the entire story, they'd be like, oh, that sounds like maybe that was like, yeah. Do you have an opinion of it being someone that she knew or a random person? I, I can't speculate. I just simply don't know. It, obviously, it would be easier if it was somebody that she knew because she'd felt feel comfortable getting in the car. But it's just as likely that uh, she was grabbed. She was she was abducted off the street. Yes. Yeah. And I don't. For the record, I don't think I prefer the idea that 
she, and it's not the runaway thing because I don't think she ran away. I think she would have been smart enough to take money with her. But as far as being a runaway where people gave her money and all that stuff, um, I could see, I guess, not a runaway, but like an opportunity. Someone picked her up and she was going to go run somewhere and then it got late. Like she didn't purposely run away. Do you know what I mean? That it just happened. Spiraled out of control. It spiraled out of control. Yeah, I don't believe that she ran away. I don't believe that. I don't believe she ran away. But I just think we would have that information. I think someone would have come forward and been like, oh yeah, yeah, I I picked her up. She stayed at my house that night. Just like a friend, like a mom. If if she was staying with a friend, like where's the mom in that house? Absolutely. That didn't call Crystal and say your kid's here. Yes, and after all this time, knowing the situation as it turned out, hasn't come forward to say, oh yeah, she, you know, she ran away and she stayed with me for X number of days. That's the specific reason why I don't think it was a runaway with someone that she knew. Cause I think it would have gotten back to her family. At some point. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I don't think that she would, she ran away purposefully. I think that if it did happen, it was something that spiraled out of control. And, and again, I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud. And from when I did it, when I was young, like, Oh, I'm going to run away. It was a spur of the moment thing. Yeah. Uh, and you just kind of, put some things together or didn't even put anything together. It just went over to your buddy's house or whatever. I'm running away. Yeah. Or for I'm going to get in trouble for leaving my sister at home right. by herself. For her to have run away for an extended period of time requires a certain amount of planning. And there it, was it's no not planning. something that you're just going to do spur of the moment. So th- I guess that takes me back to the original police officers ever believing she was a runaway. Like, I feel like in some ways I get that they had people telling her, telling, I'm sorry, the detective, I, I get that there were credible friends or whatever saying that, oh, she could have run away. And the police had Crystal saying, no, she didn't. And I get, I get that they might have had it in the back of their head, but I still feel like the investigation wasn't handled properly from the beginning because A, the mom was saying, no, she didn't. And B, there was no planning involved. Her stuff was packed to leave with her friend the next day. Her money was still there. So the police should have followed every single lead and it would that have changed the outcome yeah sometimes i wish i had a crystal ball and i'm able to look back in the past just me thinking out loud based on what you just told me the fact that you know she said that she was going to visit with a friend the next day and had a bag bag packed and she was ready to go playing devil's advocate in that thing she's like oh well that's her plan right there she's planning to run away she's already got her stuff packed Um, she just left the day early so, but she didn't take her stuff. Her correct. Stuff she didn't there. take her stuff. She didn't, or or maybe the plan was that they were to come back and get it, or you know, and then they got mom too or dad late. Work, or yeah, you know, who's to say? I, there's a number of possibilities. And then I just don't see at 15 you hang out with like your group of boyfriends and not saying something to them. Like a 15 year old doesn't have the kind of control to be like, well, I'm not going to tell this secret that I'm going to run away later. Yeah, to like these you, boys, like truth. she would have said something. Yeah, just for drama purposes, as a 15 year old girl, I mean. Mm-hmm. We've been there. Yeah. To be dramatic. If there are people that want to help, I mean, I know that people reach out to Michelle all the time when there's a newspaper article and things like that. What can they do? Just call you? And- yes, absolutely. They can call me. There's a Orange County We Tip line. Unfortunately, I don't have the number off the top of my head, but there can be completely anonymous. So We Tip is anonymous or they can call you directly if they have any information. And no information is too small. No. Absolutely not. There could be something that someone says, something that they don't even realize is significant. Could Absolutely, be yes. 100% significant in this case. Just to give you an example, we did the article on Carrie last December. And uh, I had a number of individuals call. And there were some that 
were some pretty interesting investigative leads. And unfortunately, when we tried to pursue those, those individuals disappeared and they, they no longer cooperated. So Why is that? I wish I knew. So those people, have you tried to reach out to them again? I have. And, and they will No luck. And unfortunately, they're not local. I mean, they had been local back in the day, but they they live out of state now. So, you know. uh, Significantly enough that you could contact their police departments or sheriff's departments? Oh, we did. And we still didn't get any luck. That's how far it went. Yeah. And you can't tell us what those. Uh, No, just because that's one of those things that we like to keep the integrity of the investigation. Okay. Uh, But, I mean, obviously, if this reaches that same type of audience, people, maybe not necessarily related to this particular incident, but, you know, I lived in the area and I experienced this, or I saw this, or I... Could lead to a, a solving to, another case. Absolutely, yes. Well, not necessarily another case, but... Just help connect dots. Correct. And, and at this point, you don't know what you don't know. So if somebody comes forward with information, you'd be like, oh, yeah, if that piece of the puzzle fits. And then once you have that piece, it could lead to another piece, another piece, another piece. So no information so, is too small. No, no nothing is insignificant. Not. No. So, okay. Thank you. Sure. If you have any information regarding the disappearance and murder of Carrie Patterson, regardless of how small you think your information is, please call Bob Taft at the Orange County Sheriff's Department at 714-647-7045. Or you can anonymously contact Orange County Crime Stoppers at 1-855-847-6227. That's 1-855-TIP-OCCS.